0: Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman.
1: And Michelle Ferre. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher.
0: So today, we are going to be sharing our honest... I said honest thoughts about teaching in a pandemic. This is gonna be a very casual conversation and that's just exactly what it's gonna be, right, Michelle? This is a conversation between us and we wanna share all of what's been happening as we've kind of started diving into this first couple of weeks
1: of teaching, right? Yeah. For Bridget, she's been in school longer than I have. I don't know, two weeks, three? Two two. weeks. Okay. Yeah. I've only been in school for one week. Now, we have not planned out this episode. Typically, we sit down and we kind of bullet out an outline of what we're going to talk about. This episode, I'm currently looking at a pretty blank Google Doc. So I'm going to throw out an idea, Bridget. Okay, go. What if we each share three positive things from teaching in a pandemic that we've experienced and then three negative things? Do you think that would work? I like that. I think that's going to work. I think that's perfect. Let's do that. Okay, but first, let's go ahead and share a TSH or time sucking hurdle from Samantha. It's kind of a long one, so I'm going to read it all and then respond to it. Samantha says, I completely understand this school year is new to everyone, including administration, but I can't stand, those are in all capital letters, (laughs) not knowing what I need to do. We have very little direction given to us in our district. Hopefully other districts are better at this. And as a result, wind up wasting valuable time. We often complete tasks on our checklist, only to be told that's not how they want it to be done and then have to redo it. But we are given no direction in the first place. Extremely frustrating and a Complete time sucking hurdle. I mean, I think
0: that sums it up for just about every single teacher across the United States. Could I even say the world?
1: Yeah, Samantha, I was going to say you are 100% not alone. I'm in the same boat. I feel like I get 10 emails a day and every email is telling me to do a different thing. And I'm constantly shifting gears. Uh, My principal actually shared this in an email and I kind of thought it was hilarious. She said, the new F word is flexible. That's awesome. (laughs) I really really like that. that. That's really good. All right, let's go ahead and jump into it. Let's start with the positives because I do think there have been positives with teaching in a pandemic. So Bridget, what is one good thing that you have experienced or something good you think will come out of this?
0: Okay, so I I, I feel like this is going to be a good and a bad. That's fine. So I'm only going to share the good part and then I might come back to the bad part. Is that okay? Yes, that works. Okay, so um, I work in a district where we are mass customized, meaning we try to customize the instruction for every single kiddo. So imagine a classroom of like 25, 28 kids. And in that classroom of 25 to 28 kids, you have kids that are reading on like a second grade reading level, a first grade reading level, a third grade, a fourth grade, a fifth grade, they're all over the place, right? And I'm not talking multi-age, guys. I'm talking like a normal classroom, right? Like your average fourth grade classroom, but they're all over. Um, and so I would have to customize based on all of that. And it was great. All I did was I, I taught small groups all day long, but my positive is that I, I'm not having to plan as many small groups, And that can be
1: really time consuming.
0: It can be very time consuming. I mean, when you're having to plan a first grade lesson, a second grade lesson, a fourth grade lesson, you know what I mean? It it just tends to get to be a lot. And this year, I'm only really planning that one lesson, which is like, it's a breeze. It's so easy.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. All right. What's a positive for you? So this kind of goes along with what you were saying. One of my positives is not having to make copies. So let me just clarify, Bridget is actually teaching her students in person. I, however, am teaching my students virtually. And so because we are doing everything through the computer, I no longer have to make copies. And I'm not going to lie. I'm really enjoying that because, for example, last night, and this is awful, don't do what I do. I was up until (laughs) 3am lesson planning and I texted Bridget and I was like, just so you know, I'm probably going to be super grumpy in the morning when we're recording podcast episodes. Although I think I'm doing okay so far. You're doing... Phenomenal. I mean, I had tech issues coming into this podcast and she
0: was all smiles, giggles and joking that she was going to leave me. Yeah,
1: yeah, let's uh, hope that it stays that way for now. But I was able to get my lesson planning done. And when I say done, I mean completely done. Whereas typically if I was planning over the weekend, when I would go in on Monday morning, I would then have to make a huge stack of copies. And that took up a lot of time. So it was a really good feeling knowing like, okay, I've made my slides. I did a lot of Nearpod lessons, which actually I'm going to come back to that in a second for one of my other positives. And I scheduled them on Google Classroom and I'm done. Like I don't have to go in and make copies. So for me, that has been a huge win. What about another one for you, Bridget? Another
0: positive for me is going to be class size. I've feel like if you're teaching in person right now, um, and I think the majority of districts who have opted to go back in person are still providing their, their families with options, right? Because we want to be able to accommodate for all families, especially those who have, um, severe, uh, needs like medical needs or are just really concerned and they don't want to send their kids back. I mean, rightfully so, right? We all, we all should have that option to be able to go back or not. And so, um, I have a class size of nineteen kids. Oh my
1: gosh, that sounds so
0: lovely. In in fifth grade, a class size of nineteen kids. And I'm just like, whoa, this is this is really nice. Like I get my grades done so fast. It's really awesome.
1: Yeah, grading is one of those things that you really notice a difference in class size. I remember one year I had 35 kids in my class and it would take me so flipping long in order to grade stuff. So that definitely will end up saving you a ton of time. What about you, Michelle? Give me another positive. So I think for me, another positive is the fact that I am learning new things in the technology department, which you wouldn't think because I've always been pretty tech savvy and I'm the e-coach in my school. So everyone's running to me with their questions. But as a result, I've been asked things where I'm like, oh, I don't know. I've never tried that. And I search the answer and I find it. And I feel like it's really kind of getting me out of my comfort zone and it's getting me to try new tools and find new ways to use those tools. I mentioned Nearpod. I've been using Nearpod for years, but now I'm using it to deliver every single lesson, or at least I will be next week. During the first week, it was a lot of like just slides that I had. But when I planned for next week, I'm going to do every lesson through Nearpod. And it's just really having me reevaluate how I actually teach my lessons. And I think that will be something I'll carry with me even once this all ends. All right, Bridget, last positive. Okay. So another
0: positive for me, (laughs) this is going to sound horrible, but I was thinking about it on Friday when I was leaving school. It doesn't take me that long to clean up anymore. Yeah. Because the kids are not... It's like, I know it's really sad that the kids are having to sit in their desks all day long, um, but at the end of the day, I don't really have anything to clean up. Like, it's it's like super fast. I just pick up my area and then I'm done because the kids all have desks and they don't really go anywhere in the classroom. So there's not stuff like on all of the edges of and shelves of all my, you know in my room. So it's like I'm done. Like I'm able to leave by 3:45, not having to clean up anything. It's great.
1: <laughs> Does that sound weird? No, I think that's a really good point. And I have to ask you, Bridget, are your custodians like Doing a more thorough cleaning now. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting that when, right before we started
0: going back, when we were having all of our in-service, they had um, all of basically the health and maintenance uh, do a lot of presentations for us about cleaning. So we have different cleaning materials um, that they provide for us. We have rags that they clean every single day. Um, You know, we have gloves available. So we do have um, more cleaning materials. And I have a spray bottle that I'm able to clean with at the end of the day, but my custodian does that for me every single day. So I don't really have to worry about it, which is nice. I just have it there for like emergencies. And um, I'm going to go into this with one of my negatives in a little bit, but I'm going to hold that one. So yeah, we definitely do have a lot more, a lot more cleaning materials. All right, Michelle, give me your last positive.
1: All right. I think my last positive is the fact that our county or district now has more technology for students and the fact that when this is done, we will be one-to-one with devices, which we were not before. So previously, as a fourth grade team, we had one Chromebook cart that had enough Chromebooks for one class, but we have five fourth grade classes. So every day, we would only get like six-ish Chromebooks to be able to have and we've never been able to have like the full Chromebook cart to ourselves and so now because our district has had to purchase other devices, when we go back, every student will have their own Chromebook, which makes me excited because then I can integrate more technology when we're in the classroom. And I know some of you are probably like, no, when I go back, like I don't even want to touch technology, like I want nothing to do with it. And honestly, I still have very positive feelings about using technology with students. And I think you have to remember it's so much easier when you're using it with them in person and you can troubleshoot in in person and model things in person rather than a screen. So I am viewing that as a negative and hopefully something that will make my life easier even when we do return because I'll be able to use more technology.
0: You know, it's interesting because I... I have done a lot of research on personalized learning, which is mass customization in a sense, okay? So when I say mass customized schools, I am also saying that we are personalizing the instruction of all kids. And one of the biggest points that personalized education makes is that um, we are in a world where we are very technology driven the bad thing is, is that when we look at our kids, you know, we think, man, they're so tech savvy, right? Like we think our kids are really tech savvy, but they're not. They're tech savvy when it comes to social media. They're tech savvy to just, you know, doing kind of the small like entertainment pieces. But as soon Mm. as we kind of cross over into that realm of education and learning and using it as a device for learning, kids don't know what to do with it. So it's so important that we as teachers really try to embrace this technology. And I, been the one thing that I have been such a fan of because I mean I've been you know thrown into this world for five years now of being one-to-one in my class um, and it was really difficult in the beginning but I think this now is going to really have teachers completely change their thinking of technology and start utilizing it in a way to teach kids how to effectively research and become critical thinkers with having that device in their hands so I think it's great.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Bridget. You know, we talk about our students being digital natives, but that's a good point. The fact that they really only know how to use like entertainment and social media. They don't know how to use technology as an actual tool. So let's jump into the negatives. I feel like these might be a little bit lengthier. I can feel some rants coming on. Bridget, what is one of your negatives with teaching your students in person, but during a pandemic?
0: We're only allowed to do three, right? (laughs) Yes, only three. (laughs) I feel, okay, so this one is probably going to sound really, really silly, but I'm going to say it. We mentioned about how I have more cleaning materials, right? Guys, I have to clean. (laughs) This is going to sound
1: horrible. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. I have to clean the balls (laughs) after (laughs) recess. I'm sorry. I'm really a five-year-old. Continue. (laughs)
0: Oh, trust me, we all are at school when it comes to having to spray the balls after recess every time. (laughs) I don't know how else to say this, but I do. I literally do. So it's the weirdest thing. So I get two recess breaks. Um, and they're ten minutes each because we can only have one cohort um, on either side. So we have like two different black tops in our in our school. Um, so technically, two classes can be out at a time, but we're completely separated. So as soon as we're done, they've given us all our own playground equipment, so that only our cohort is playing with the playground equipment, right? Um, and when we go in, every time after recess, I have to spray the balls. Outside of my classroom, okay, because I can't do it inside the classroom because I can't use the spray around children. So I have to have the kids do something independently and then I have to spray the balls down, let them sit for four minutes and cure, right? And then I can place the balls back into the basket. So it's a whole thing. And that's probably the one thing that I really, really, really hate doing as a teacher.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, Those of you listening, we're going to challenge you to count how many times we have said the word balls in this episode. And we want you to leave a comment on our website. I almost feel like we should give the winner something like a gift card or something like you counted the correct number of balls in our podcast. Definitely, definitely.
0: Um, All right, Michelle, give me one of your
1: negatives. Okay. So mine does not have anything to do with balls. Um, but my first negative is just the fact that I don't get to be with my students. And I've realized, I mean, obviously I knew that was my favorite part of teaching, but I didn't realize how much I thrived on that until I was in an online environment. And obviously I'm live teaching for like, oh, I think it's a total of like three hours a day. So I'm doing a lot of live teaching and I'm seeing my students through Google Meet. It's just not the same. I realized it instantly on the first day of school because they have to stay muted unless we call on them. Otherwise there's way too much background noise and you can't hear each other. Zoom is pretty good about like highlighting whoever is speaking and you can hear them over background noise, Google Meet is not. So they have to stay muted. And it was so strange when they were all popping on the meet and I'm like, oh, good morning, good morning. And I'm hearing nothing in response. And then I would crack jokes because that's what I do when I'm teaching and I wouldn't hear any laughter. And that was soul crushing, like just for my pride. At one point, I literally told my students, okay, you're going to unmute yourself, laugh, even if it's a fake laugh, and then you're going to mute yourself again, because I just needed to like hear them. So that has been hard for me. Now, thankfully, I'm going to put my little positive spin on it. Y'all know me, okay? I went to an event at my school on Friday night, so this was after the first week of teaching, and they had food trucks. Of course, everyone was wearing masks and social distancing, but I did get to actually see some of my students in person, and that was really nice. It was strange because when you're only seeing their face, you have no idea how tall or short they are, but it at least you know, I got to see them. I got to hear their voice in person. I, it just helped with that connection piece, but that definitely is something that I've been struggling with.
0: Yeah. I would definitely say that it doesn't get much better when you go in person, Michelle. I'm really sorry to tell you that. Um, but I, 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 I'm going to piggyback off of it, although this is not going to be one of the negatives that I'm taking on. Okay. Okay. Um, but I feel like it it really doesn't, because even in person, when you're saying about how you kind of thrive off the laughter and just the conversation, I don't have that. Like even with having my kids physically there, you can't see their smiles. You can't see their faces. You can't you can't see whether they're laughing. You know what I mean? It's just and it's just really heartbreaking at the end of the day. So
1: I, I it doesn't get much better. I'm really sorry to tell you that. I remember after the first day of school I called Bridget and I was, you know, saying these things and she said that in response to me and I was like, Oh, that's a really good point. Like it goes to show you there are positive and negatives, whether you're in-person, hybrid, or virtual. It really doesn't matter. There still are positives and negatives, and they're just slightly different. So I think it's important to keep in mind if you're seeing someone else's situation, like for me to see Bridget and go, oh, I really wish I could be in person. It's like, well, at least I don't have to spray down the balls every day.
0: <laughs> Amen to that. Nobody likes to make sure that the balls are completely covered with spray material
1: (laughs) completely saturated all right Bridget what is your second negative (laughs) I'm sorry I made her laugh (laughs) that
0: was really good um so my second negative is going to be um one that has really really affected me and it's funny because you put a positive spin on it and I will too at the very end of it but one of the hardest things for me as a teacher is the conversations and not being able to have conversations like we normally do. I have always been a teacher that enjoys collaborations, enjoys having kids break out into groups, enjoys having them uh, build the conversations and really debate with one another and provide evidence and move around. It's a very um, engaged classroom when I feel like they're able to have those conversations with their peers. And we can't do that. We can't turn and talk. We can't turn around. We all have to be faced except for me obviously cuz i'm looking at them but the kids are faced all in the same directions which i understand why we have to do that i get it but it's it's been really difficult for me to say you know well i can't have you guys turn and have a conversation about it so we have kind of a whole class conversation but we as teachers know that kids don't really listen. When you have like 19 of them, they're all not going to be paying attention. And I always felt that when I put them into like groups of threes, they were more engaged in the conversation. I was kind of forcing them to open up. And right now it's like, it's always the same kids. Always, always, always the same kids. And I can't ever get those, the ones that I really want to start having conversations and talking. I, it's, it's really hard to get them to do that.
1: So now I'm guessing you found a solution for this that you're going to share. I, I I kind of did, yes. So
0: I have really started to branch out when it comes to technology and really exploring some of the different options out there to be able to get kids to have a voice. Um, so I have been utilizing a lot of like Padlets and Flipgrids. I use Cahoots, things that can hopefully help us get to be a little bit more engaged. And it has been working some, but I think uh, the end of the day lesson is that I feel like I am brought with a challenge and I'm trying to figure out solutions to make it work and to be able to kind of, it's not exactly what I want it to be, but it's getting closer. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I just, it's really been hard. And I think that's the one thing that first day of school, I remember leaving and I was crying because it's like, how do I do this? How do I, how do I engage these kids in conversations? Um, But it is getting better. It is getting better. And the kids are getting more used to it. So with time, with time.
1: Yeah, I mean, what I heard from that is the fact that you're problem solving, and that's something we strive to have our students do. So if anything, you're setting a really positive example for them. And I think, you know, our students being so resilient throughout this process, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm sure everyone's like, yep, my students too. I think it's so admirable and I almost feel like I'm learning so much from them and how patient they're being and how they're just being flexible and adapting to things. And I almost feel like we as adults need to do more of that because I've heard nothing but complaints from adults before we even got into this. Like they were judging it before even experiencing it. So I'm happy to see our students are very much the opposite. And I think it's something good for us to learn from. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Give it to me. My second negative. Um, I'm just going to be flat out honest with this one. It's the fact that teaching virtually is more work. Now, I mentioned previously, I don't have to make copies, and that's great. But first of all, I'm building the plane as I'm flying it, which is kind of a hot mess. And I'm having to restructure everything that I had created in the past. So I almost feel like a new teacher again because previously I was able to take the slides I already re- made for math and maybe I made a few little adjustments, but now, especially doing it through a screen. And I'm trying to use Nearpod. So I'm having to redo everything. And it's a lot of work. Like I mentioned last night, I stayed up until 3 a.m. I wanted to have my lesson plans done. And, you know, I'm working with my team teachers, so we're breaking it up. But it still is very, very time consuming. And because I'm already mentally and emotionally exhausted from not getting to see my students and just all of the changes, I feel like having more work on top of that is really just overwhelming. So I mean, in terms of what I'm doing about it, I feel like I'm trying to just keep an open mindset and saying, you know what, this is temporary. It's temporary. It's not going to last forever. And I'm just trying to make time for myself. You know, at the end of a long day of teaching, I'm like, it's okay if my to-do list isn't done. I'll get to it when I get to it. Like That's going to be my motto this year. That might not be today, but I will get to it when I get to it. Yeah, absolutely. Have you
0: had the issues with kids not turning in assignments yet?
1: Well, we haven't really had a lot of quote-unquote assignments since we've only had our first week of school. It was more so like fun activities. Um, but I'm sure I will run into that problem. I'm just happy. I haven't had any attendance issues. I've had all of my students come all of the days and I feel like that's very impressive. I'm sure there will be issues with turning in work. Although because I'm doing things with Nearpod, a lot of it is them engaging in the moment. And then what I do is we post a recording at the end of the day, which I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But, um, I'm also posting almost like a student version of the slide so they can go back and see what they missed if for some reason they aren't there. But I'm not forcing them to like complete something and turn it in every single day. I'm more so just doing like some formative assessments during the Nearpod. And then they're only going to have an assignment to turn in like two or maybe three times a week, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does. That totally makes
0: sense. I know that in our, in our school, the teachers who are virtual, they're having a really hard time getting kids to submit assignments. And I remember just being in the spring, yep. making phone calls every day to try to figure out what kids were doing and why they weren't turning in assignments. So I agree with you. I think teaching virtual is very, very hard.
1: And just to piggyback off of that, I think because we are doing so much synchronously, so we're doing it live with the students, that cuts down on them not turning stuff in because a lot of times it's like in the moment and literally they leave Google Meet up and I'm giving them an assignment and they're going to complete it and I can see in real time who's turning it in rather than it's like, hey, on your own time, go get this done. So I think that's at least hopefully going to help with that.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: All right, your last negative, Bridget. Get it all out there. Okay, so my
0: last negative is gonna go back to my first positive. So remember in my first positive, I was talking about how lesson plans, I only have to do one lesson. The negative in this is that I can't pull small groups. So go back to thinking about how I have an average fifth grade classroom because I'm not teaching multi-age this year. It was just way too complicated to try to figure out how to do three grades in one class. It just couldn't work. So I'm only teaching fifth grade. Imagine having kids on so many different levels. Guys, I have everything from ELs to GTs to learning support to average learners in this classroom. I can only teach whole group. There is no small group instruction. I have no small group table. So accommodating and being able to ensure that kids are getting the in, the instruction that they need is very difficult. So I'm constantly where typically I would feel like, oh, I would teach my lesson. I would let kids work independently. I would walk around and t- check on them. And then I could, you know, maybe sit down or something. No, 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 no. There is none of that none of that is ever happening. I am constantly walking. Guys, I hit 10,000 steps every single day. Let me tell you, I'm working it. There's <laughs> my that positive. Are, there's, that, there's that positive. Although I am like, I am taking some flipping slippers to my classroom because my feet are killing me in normal shoes <laughs> by the end of the day.
1: So I'm going to wear slippers in my room and not be upset about it. I've been wearing slippers while virtual teaching. So I'm in the same boat with you there because there's no point wearing shoes. I'm sitting at a computer
0: No, but having to walk up and down those aisles and just accommodating for the kids who are just all over, like, you know, we're starting fifth grade curriculum. I had kids who didn't really get fourth grade curriculum. Let's be honest, a lot of kids all around the US at the moment, back in the spring, we probably didn't give the, you know, top, grade type of instruction that was happening there because everybody was just trying to figure everything out. So we have kids that are behind and we're trying to get them caught up and you're trying to ensure that they understand what they're doing and help them. It's just, it it is a hot mess. Like it's just a hot mess, but it is getting better. It just, it's, it takes so much time and work in the very beginning.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like the message I keep hearing as we're going through these, I feel like Every positive had a negative and every negative had a positive. You know what I mean? And I yeah. feel like we just have to choose what we're going to focus on. So, I am going to share my last negative and I'll, you know, try to put a positive spin on it. My last negative is dealing with all of the constant changes. And when I say constant changes, I literally mean like hour to hour. I'm getting so many emails and it's like, oh yeah, disregard the last email. This is actually how we're doing things. And then an hour later, they change it again. And it's so frustrating, I think, especially for me and my personality, because I don't necessarily like change. I like to be comfortable. I like to know what I'm doing. I like consistency. So having all of these changes has been hard. Personally, one of the things that comes to mind, I mentioned earlier, I was going to come back to recording our lessons. So we have to record every instructional lesson. So for me, I'm recording my first math class, I'm recording my science social studies class, and I'm recording my afternoon math class. And then we also have something called Academic Flex, which we're kind of using for a variety of things. My Uh, first class, I'm using it a lot as like a reteaching time, but also for my students to practice writing their thinking in math, like actually written responses in math because they struggle with that. And then my afternoon class is actually a gifted and talented class. So we're doing a lot of like extension type activities, but I have to record all of those every single day and post them in Google Classroom. However, we were told if a student hasn't filled out the permission slip, to allow their video and microphone recording, you can't record them. So then before you start recording, you have to make sure those students have their mics and cameras off. But then they, you know, they, gave us other options. And they're like, well, or you could pre-record the lesson and post that. And I'm like, when am I supposed to pre-record like three hours worth of instruction every single day? Like that's not feasible. And then they were like, well, you can also, what did they tell us? You could make all students turn off their cameras and microphones. It's just been like this constant thing that has been changing and it's very frustrating. And I just I feel like I want to know what I'm doing, but I can't because of those constant changes. However, once again, um, I think once we go back in person, I will have such a greater appreciation for what was normal. And, you know, those things that I didn't have to deal with, I don't think I appreciated what my life was like as a teacher before all of this. And so if anything, these struggles are going to help me appreciate all of that more.
0: No, I definitely agree with that. And I feel like we go back to Samantha's comment from her TSH at the beginning of this episode where she talked about how like administration doesn't know what they're doing. You know, we have been thrown into this new um, world, this crazy different type of normal. And I'm putting that in quotation marks because we don't want it to be our normal, right? But it's what we are having to deal with. And nobody knows what to do. <laughs> no one has a single idea of what they're supposed to be doing. And I think it's causing a lot of people to be frustrated and angry and just, you know, all over with emotions. Um, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, I just... Like even today when I'm having all the tech issues, I have to laugh. Like I just have to laugh it off or else, you know, I'm going to be consumed by, you know, the stress and anxiety and everything else that we are having to deal with right now. So, yep, I totally agree.
1: All right. So that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. If you have not already, make sure you head over to teachingonthedouble.com and download our freebie. It is seven ways to jumpstart your teacher productivity. And these are still things that you can utilize, whether you're virtual teaching, hybrid teaching, in-person teaching, it doesn't matter. So if you are feeling that overwhelm and you really want to increase your productivity so you can better establish that work-life balance, make sure you check that out. And while you're on our website, go ahead and submit your TSH. We would love to hear your time-sucking hurdles now that we have fully jumped in to the world of virtual teaching and in-person teaching during a pandemic.
0: Yeah, I bet there are some really good ones out there. And guys, don't forget to leave a review over on iTunes. It really does help us to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there Um, and share us with somebody that you feel would really enjoy our podcast. We would love to be able to help other teachers out there. And also get some more feedback from you, all of you. Uh, So until next time, guys.
1: Be timely. Stay organized. And be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.